Well, a Bill Gates pet project is now set to become law imminently after passing the Senate yesterday. Our Congress working on the weekends. So U.S. Senate, which is tied Republican Democrat, ended up passing this big Democrat piece of legislation called the Inflation Reduction Act. And as we'll get into it, you'll find it looks like this act is actually probably going to do the opposite of what its name says kind of like the Affordable Care Act, right? So the Inflation Reduction Act will likely increase inflation. We'll look at why that is. But the House of Representatives is now expected to vote on it later this week. We know they're going to vote yes on it because it's controlled by the Democrats and it'll be signed into law by the president. And there you have it, Bill Gates' pet project about to become law. We're going to look at why Bill Gates is just waiting with bated breath for this legislation to become law. And we'll look at why one senator caved. There was one final senator holdout. And if she did not say yes to this bill, the bill would not pass. We'll look at why she caved and supported this massive spending bill. It's a huge climate change bill. They're looking at hundreds of billions of dollars supposedly for the climate. Also a lot of it for healthcare, aka the president's buddies in Big Pharma. Another part of the bill actually dramatically increases the size of the IRS, adding a lot of IRS agents. When you look at the breakdown, apparently the biggest group of Americans they're going to be targeting with this legion of agents is the lowest income Americans. Low income Americans can be targeted by the IRS with this bill. And we're also going to look at how they just sneaked in a ton more funding for Biden's buddies in Ukraine as well. This is ridiculous times. I'm going to wrap it up by showing how this is all reminding me everything we're going through in America right now just keeps reminding me of Nazi Germany 1930s. And I'll show you what I'm talking about. See your comments. I just saw an ad saying the IRS is hiring. Oh yeah. Thanks to this bill. It's not even law yet, but they know it'll become law and they're going to have to hire a lot more agents. So we've previously covered how the IRS has an arsenal of weapons. IRS has a stock of a lot of AR-15s for some reason. Well, now they're growing their army with the help of this Bill Gates pet project. Before we get into it, shout out to the sponsor of my coverage. How about this? Noble Gold, one of the sponsors of the show, has just been picked up by Consumer Affairs, the rating agency, as the overall number one gold IRA company in the U.S. Talk to the team today if you are thinking of precious metals. And if you're quick, they're giving away an incredible one-tenth ounce American Eagle gold-proof coin with every qualifying IRS or IRA. <laughs> IRA, I got IRS on the brain. Uh, or 401k rollover. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold. Call the team now, 877-646-5347 to find out more or visit that link down in my description, noblegoldinvestments.com and get your free gold guide. Oh, yay. You said you can hear me loud and clear. Awesome. Awesome. Let's prove to you that the uh, Senate did indeed pass the sweeping legislation. We have video of none other than Kamala Harris uh, making it happen. Here's the U.S. Senate yesterday. On this vote, the yeas are 50, the nays are 50. The Senate being equally divided, the vice president votes in the affirmative and the bill as amended is passed. (laughs) 
There you go. H.R. 5376, the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which increases taxes and spending in our country, being celebrated by Democrats. Kamala Harris had to break the tie because our Senate currently has 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans. Through reconciliation, they did not need a supermajority to get this thing passed. With a lot of legislation, you need 60 votes. They only needed 51 votes, so it was down the party line. Republicans did not want to increase taxes and spending. Democrats did. Kamala Harris broke the tie. And there you have it. This thing is going to become law because we know our House of Representatives is going to pass this thing. I mean, it's controlled by Democrats. This is the actual legislation, Congress.gov, H.R. 5376 Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. I have it linked down in my description if you want to look at the text. Um, I have not read through the whole thing, but I've read a lot of the coverage on it. But it's interesting if you look at the bill's history on its official page here. This bill was actually introduced in the House of Representatives last September. It's almost a year old that they've been trying to push it through. Um, the bill has been amended 195 times, or at least proposed amendments 195 times. And here's the thing. This was initially called the Build Back Better Act. They had to change its name and change the narrative about it in order to get this thing passed. But this is the Build Back Better legislation. Uh, Build Back Better is, by the way, um, a movement uh, amongst governments around the world. Um, if you look at the United Kingdom, if you look at Australia, uh, around the world, global leaders are pushing this Build Back Better uh, idea with uh, largely involves climate change legislation. Um rearranging our entire economy. Um, and Democrats have officially passed that, that global plan here in, in the U S I mean, with the Senate passing it yesterday, um, it's going to become law likely by the end of this week statement from, uh, president Joe Biden on this. You can see here, whitehouse.gov statement from the present passage of the inflation reduction act today. He says, quote today, Senate, Democrats sided with American families over special interests, voting to lower the cost of prescription drugs, health care and everyday energy costs and reduce the deficit while making the wealthiest corporations finally pay their fair share. End of quote. Repeat the line. <laughs> Just kidding. But did you guys see there's actual official fact checks on Biden? saying, end of quote, repeat the line. Fact checkers are actually rallying to Biden's defense, which really just outs the fact checkers as being a BS machine. Um, literally, the fact checker, I'll bring this up right now. Social media posts misleadingly edit and misrepresent Biden remarks from teleprompter. Um, the White House press secretary said, no, 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 he said that stuff on purpose. End of quote, repeat the line. That was for emphasis, it literally says here. He said that for emphasis. <laughs> he didn't misread his teleprompter. Anyway, Biden is thrilled. Uh, he's talking uh, on whitehouse.gov in his statement about how He's keeping his campaign campaign promises with this bill. And he said, quote, the House should pass this as soon as possible. And I look forward to signing it into law. Let's look at the senator who finally caved and why she caved and supported this bill when she otherwise didn't. This is uh, 
kind of a dino Democrat in name only is kind of what we call people like Kristen Cinema or Joe Manchin. Oddly enough, Joe Manchin, this is kind of his bill, though, and it looks like he was compromised. I don't know. I want to see what Joe Manchin, Kristen Cinema were paid to accept, you know, and sign off on this bill. Were they bribed or what? But here's the thing. Uh, it looks like she kind of got her way on some issues in regards to taxes because both she and Senator Manchin have been against increasing taxes, especially when our economy's hurting. And uh, here the Washington Post reports, quote, with cinema's help, private equity firms win relief from proposed tax hikes. So she only signed off on this bill with the agreement that we're not going to slam slam the private equity firms with new taxes a ton of new taxes now joe manchin was uh he was defending this saying no we're not adding new taxes we're just closing some tax loopholes that corporations have been using to dodge taxes we're making sure they they pay 15 percent um so now all private equity firms will not have to pay that tax increase. Um, get this quote, the last minute change, the changes mark a significant victory for the private equity industry and an estimated savings of $35 billion over the next decade. Private equity represents a roughly $4 trillion industry in the United States. And at, as the sector has grown markedly over the past decade, it has flexed its considerable political muscle repeatedly in Washington, D.C. So literally a $4 trillion industry still dodged taxes with this bill, thanks to Kristen Sinema. I want to know how much that industry paid Kristen Sinema to twist the arms of everyone else to get that amended. Um, And this is the thing. Joe Manchin was bragging about this bill being great because it was going to um, actually help the U.S. deficit, you know, we'll be able to pay off some of the U.S. deficit by increasing taxes, but or on, you know, closing tax loopholes, as you said. But now um, we're actually not going to tax nearly as many people. Now, by the way, a private equity, according to Investopia, what is private equity? Private equity is an alternative investment class that investors in uh, it invests in or acquires private companies that are not listed on a public stock exchange. Private equity funds invest in private companies or engage in buyouts of pu- uh, pro- public companies. So I guess Kristen Sinema is saying uh, these private equity firms contain a lot of smaller businesses within them. So if you tax those guys, you're actually hurting small businesses, increasing taxes on small businesses. So that last minute amendment yesterday was supposed to um, help fix that. Now we're going to get into how the IRS is being grown like crazy. Uh, But first, let's look at why Bill Gates is excited. Bill Gates wrote a whole op-ed, a special article in the New York Times written by Bill Gates on why this thing should pass. He just wrote this the other day before the Senate passed it. The headline from New York Times, Bill Gates were on the verge of a remarkable moment for Congress and the country. You can see the wind turbine next to a dirty factory. Uh, 
Bill Gates writes, turn on the evening news and it immediately becomes clear that Americans are experiencing the effects of climate change. Extreme heat and drought are affecting tens of millions of people as floods and wildfires ravage communities from Appalachia to California. In coming days, Congress has the opportunity to face climate, face the climate crisis while strengthening our country's energy security, creating opportunities for businesses and improving lives of Americans. We can't afford to miss it. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 may be the single most important piece of climate legislation in American history, he says. It represents our best chance to build an energy future that is clearer, cleaner, cheaper, and more secure. Senators Chuck Schumer of New York and Joe Manchin of West Virginia deserve a lot of credit for reaching this agreement, as do countless others. Now, Bill Gates owns Breakthrough Energy, and Breakthrough Energy has also been pushing this legislation a lot. Um, they've been they've been tweeting about it, writing articles, and they break down how three hundred sixty nine billion dollars from this bill is going to go to climate and clean energy, and uh, basically subsidize and incentivize companies to switch everything to things like wind turbines and solar energy. Uh, This legislation, they said, would represent a massive leap forward in our transition to a clean energy economy. The $369 billion outlined for federal clean energy investments would accelerate critical climate solutions to achieve our net zero goals. Breakthrough Energy urges Congress to act swiftly and seize this once-in-a-generation opportunity to create thousands of new jobs, cut energy costs, and secure America's global leadership position in building a cleaner, healthier, more prosperous future for all. A quote from Mike Boots, Executive Vice President of Bill Gates' company, Breakthrough Energy. So, um, $369 billion going to completely renovating our free market economy, actually. Um, we're not really, we don't really have a free market economy anymore with these massive subsidies and uh, government completely readjusting, um, how goods and services are transacted, but they're saying that, you know, even though we're kind of taking away capitalism with all this, it's supposed to be good for our environment. Somehow it will make, you know, the water, you know, the sun less hot. It'll, it'll make the ocean go down, but the lakes, you know, in Nevada go up and doing this will make everything good. So, um, looking at Energy Wire news, uh, a historic climate bill faces state schism on clean energy. Um, talking about the $369 billion that, uh, they're going to be printed. You know, apparently our Federal Reserve working with the Biden administration is just printing up a storm, and I'll show you exactly how much they're printing, printing more money for this massive legislation um, as as they work towards 2030. Um, It says the measure would have the greatest impact on investment in wind and solar power, which nearly doubles the $321 billion in 2030 
versus $177 billion without the legislation. So by 2030, we'll, we'll have doubled um, our use of these, you know, clean energy technologies, it says. Um, according to a new report from Princeton University, the pace of yearly wind power installations could double and solar generation could increase fivefold by 2025 to 2026 from 2020 levels, fueled by decade-long tax incentives in the act. The measure would have the greatest impact on investment in wind and solar power. So we talk a lot about how this bill has tax incentives to switch to green energy. Um, so this comes, you know, it's an interesting time in history because the Supreme Court has been making rulings that these Democrats don't like. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that the Supreme Court restricted the EPA's Environmental Protection Agency's authority to mandate carbon emission restrictions. I guess this is why it was so important uh, to Bill Gates and his buddies that Congress pass this legislation because Supreme Court is actually taking action this year to reduce federal agencies' ability to enact massive edicts that limit our liberties when agencies like the CDC, the EPA, the FDA, we didn't get, we, we Americans did not get to elect these people to power. They get appointed at some point and then they just run rampant and create regulations that limit our liberty with, you know, so it's control of us without representation, without our vote. And the Supreme Court said, no, 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 this year, the Supreme Court restricted the Environmental Protection Agency's authority to mandate carbon emission reductions. Um, Democrats are just finding a way around it by passing the legislation they just passed yesterday. But um, this NPR article back in June talked about how a vote of six to three in the Supreme Court uh, said that any time an agency does something big and new, in this case addressing climate change, the regulation is presumptively invalid unless Congress has specifically authorized regulations in this sphere. So I think that's really important uh, because, yeah, you need to have your representatives elected in your state uh, having their say, say representing you in the decision on whether to enact massive changes. Um, the fact that the EPA, EPA or FDA think that they can just pass what are in effect laws, because you get in trouble if you break them, um, you know, without your representative say is pretty scary. So it's good to see that the Supreme Court did that. But with Democrats having as much control as they do in the House and Senate, um, they, the Democrats are getting their climate change way anyways. Now, let's look at the IRS aspect of this new legislation. Jackie Heinrich from Fox News tweeted this fascinating breakdown. Um, she tweets, Representative Kevin Brady, uh, he says that Manchin and Schumer reconciliation bill adds $80 billion to the Internal Revenue Service nearly six times the agency's current annual budget to supercharge the IRS and increase 
uh, unleash 87,000 new IRS enforcement agencies, agents on taxpayers, including the middle class and not just the middle class, guys, when you look at this chart. This is incredible. So this breaks down Americans by their income level. And then on the right, you see new audits under the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, the IRA. So you can see that Americans who report no total positive income, there's a lot of Americans not even working, not even reporting an income. This new legislation just passed by the Senate yesterday will now unleash over 120,000 IRS agents to audit people who don't report incomes. Okay, if you reported $1 to to uh, $25,000, meaning you're really low income, really low income, you're not making much, uh, our government will now unleash over 300,000 IRS agents to audit you to make sure <laughs> that that's what you're making. Um and snatch every penny they can from your low-income self. Okay, if you're making twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars, they're going to unleash over one hundred forty thousand IRS agents to audit you and make sure they get every tax dollar from you as they spend frivolously while you are barely scraping by, not making ends meet, probably constantly behind on your bills when you're making as little as some of these incomes listed in this chart. And then as you go up in income, they, they're they going to unleash fewer and fewer IRS agents. You look at the 10 million mark. Well, let's face it, not a lot of people make $10 million, so they don't need as many IRS agents to audit you. So they're only unleashing 4,000 IRS agents to audit those guys who are really rolling, rolling in the dough. So that's what Jackie reported reported a few days ago, she upped, she updated her tweet today and said, in light of the below GOP claims, White House official points to IRS commissioner's pledge that lawmaker, two, two lawmakers, that new IRS resources are, quote, designed around Treasury's directive that audit rates will not rise relative to re- recent years for households making under $400,000. So, Basically, that tells me ignore this chart. The chart's not true, according to the White House. White House saying, no, 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 we're, we don't plan to audit people, any, you know, people who make less than $400,000. We're not planning to audit them any more than we already do. But they are uh, increasing the IRS dramatically and actually. Uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw pointed this out on his Instagram today um, and compared it to Border Patrol. And I, I know Dan Crenshaw has been t- getting a lot of heat as a rhino recently, but um, he's for the people keeping their money and getting taxed as little as possible, at least he says in this in this case. He brings up the point that there are only 19,000 Border Patrol agents to secure our southern border Yet Democrats have just added an additional 87,000 more IRS agents to make sure they snatch as much of our taxes as they can. It shows you where our government's priorities really are, you guys. 
Uh, so some of our senators tried to pass amendments last minute yesterday. Republicans who tried to pass amendments were um, shunned by the Democrats. The, the amendments to this legislation didn't go through. Ted Cruz was one of them. He wrote on, on his website today, Senate Democrats block Cruz amendment, insist 87,000 more IRS agents are needed to audit middle-class Americans. And like you saw on that chart, yeah, it's largely middle and lower-class people who are getting audited by this new um, army of IRS agents. Uh, Senate Democrats, he says, blocked Ted Cruz's amendment to the Schumer Mansion tax and spend bill to strike the $80 billion slush fund to prevent the hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents. So Ted Cruz was just saying, you know, out of this massive bill with has, which has so many facets to it, largely climate change facets, let's at least get rid of this weird provision for IRS agents. And Democrats were saying, absolutely not. Now I want to show you a letter from Chuck Schumer to the congressional budget office. I have linked this letter down below as well. So Senate Senator Chuck Schumer apparently had to break down how how this bill would affect the U.S. budget. Um, information about H.R. 5376, the Inflation Reduction Act. So Senator I'm sorry, this is oh, this is what it was. So the Congressional Budget Office wrote a letter to Senator Chuck Schumer, making sure he knows how this bill will impact the bottom, the U.S. bottom line. Are we going to increase or decrease the deficit? Because the U.S. is in a lot of debt right now. And this is why Senator Manchin was pushing this bill when he did his media tour about the bill. He said, this bill is great because it'll reduce the deficit because we're closing tax loopholes, which will bring in more tax revenue, um, which will which will help out the U.S. budget. But if you look at the bottom of this bill, that's not true. Or this this letter here, it's not true whatsoever. Letter for, letter uh, to Senator Schumer breaks down the fact. Estimated budgetary effects of H.R. 5376. You see, every number here that's negative would be a number that is decreasing the deficit. All the positive numbers are increasing the deficit, meaning the U.S. goes further into debt with this legislation. And as you can see, all the there's only one negative number, and that's a negative one, and the rest is all increasing the deficit. This legislation, according to the breakdown in the official con congressional documentation, will indeed increase America's debt dramatically. And the biggest aspects of the legislation that will increase the deficit are having to do with the environment. Um, there you go. So the climate change legislation is going to send us massively into debt, according to this. But I guess it'll all be worth it in order to save the world from burning down due to climate change. I don't know. I, I just, you know, I looked into climate change over a decade ago, back when they called it global warming. They, they rebranded it to call it climate change. 
you know, so they can blame any sort of climate on climate change. If you call it global warming, then you have to talk about how, you know, the the globe is warming only. But if you ta- if you call it climate change, then any climate any change in the climate can be blamed on um, on citizens of the world using new technology uh, or using using energy, driving their cars, heating and cooling their homes. We can't do that anymore with fossil fuels, I guess, because it's going to screw, screw up the world and increase our temperature, which causes, you know, the seas to rise and the polar bears to die. But the medieval warming period, you guys should Google the medieval warming period. It was a, it was a period that happened. uh, When was that? Almost a thousand years ago, I guess. And uh, the people who lived, in Northern Europe where it's quite cold actually had a very warm period in history an extended period year after year. It stayed very warm. It's called the medieval warming period and they were growing crops that they couldn't otherwise grow because of how warm it was. So what happened then, because they didn't have a lot of industry, you know, causing the globe to heat up back in medieval times, what caused that? Because as far as I can tell, when you look at things like the Ice Age, you know, what caused the globe to cool to create the Ice Age? As far as I can tell, the climate just changes on its own sometimes. So if we're going to, you know, create massive changes to our economy and throw out free market economics to try to make this better, um, I'm just worried that it's going to actually send a lot of people into poverty and suffering. But again, uh, if you look at the legislation, the official legislation, Inflation Reduction Act linked down in description, it was originally called the Build Back Better bill, um, which, you know, Biden has talked about Build Back Better as well a lot. Now, I have pages here from the United Kingdom Uh, The Build Back Better Business Council established in January 2021 had brought together government and business leaders to drive economic recovery and growth across the UK, uh, enabling the transition to a net zero economy by 2050. Um, So the United Kingdom is is passing something very similar. Then there's the Climate and Health Alliance in Australia. um, And Australia's government is looking at pushing build back better there as well. Um, so according to this page, this it says this health crisis, um, the pandemic of 2020, presents an opportunity to, quote, build back better for a future of our choosing that embraces the co-benefits that can be enjoyed by transitioning to a net zero carbon way of life. So countries around the world are using this term build back better to say, basically, our economy got screwed up due to the pandemic, so let's just start fresh with something that's going to, you know, supposedly save the climate, however however that's supposed to happen. Now, John Stossel, who used to be on ABC, growing up as a kid, I used to watch him and Barbara Walters on ABC News. 
Um, anyway, John Stossel's doing his own thing now. Uh, this guy's, I keep saying this, this is the era of independent journalism. All these people are killing it on their own. I am. Um, uh, John, John Stossel, uh, just featured how people are escaping federal taxes. See, there's so many ways to just escape taxes. And, um, so this bill is supposed to close the tax loopholes, but there's still ways to escape it. One way that rich people are escaping taxes is they're moving to Puerto Rico. A lot of people don't realize that you don't have to pay any federal income taxes in Puerto Rico. And I guess Puerto Rico only taxes you like 4% if you move there. So huge people, like big wealthy people, one of the people he featured was a YouTuber. It's really funny that some of the richest people are YouTubers now. It's insane. But this YouTuber was talking on a show about, yeah, I'm moving to Puerto Rico. I mean, one of the one of the big reasons is tax breaks. Um, and people literally saving like 20, 25% of their income they get to keep now when they were going to be giving it to the federal government. So that's an interesting note about Puerto Rico. Um, Reuters breaking the news today that the United States will be sending $4.5 billion to Ukraine um, for budget needs now. So America, aren't we nice? We're helping Ukraine with its budget as our budget goes to hell. So they're talking, uh, Reuters reporting that this brings the total budgetary support since Russia's February invasion to $8.5 billion, the U.S. Agency for Internal De- uh, International Development said on Monday. Um, this is more money that is just being printed because we don't, we don't just have that money. And I want to show you guys the Federal Reserve Bank's, um, breakdown, the Federal Reserve Bank keeps track of how much money is in circulation. There, That's the bank that actually prints the U.S. dollars. And you can see here, fred.stlouisfed.org. Federal Reserve Bank keeping track of currency in circulation. And you can see here, these numbers are in the billions of dollars. So they are observing that currently we have billion in circulation. Now, over the years, I'm going to expand this. You can see that the amount of money we have in circulation has dramatically increased just in the past few years. I don't know why why it uh, stretched that way, but uh, the amounts remain the same. So I guess it was around 2011 that we had a thousand billion dollars in circulation, and then uh, by in, that was 2011. By by 2020, we had two thousand billion dollars in circulation. You can see just since this since the pandemic started, how how much immensely more money is being printed. I mean, that just goes like straight up. Uh, so the Fed is just ferociously printing money, which if you don't realize printing money is what leads to inflation, overprinting money. The more dollars are in circulation, the less value each dollar holds. And when I started the show, I mentioned Nazi Germany, and this is why it reminds me of Nazi Germany. There's many other aspects of Nazi Germany that we've kind of been dealing with here but this is this is actually pre-nazi germany it was the, the uh, Weim, uh, weimar republic 
um, in Germany back in the 1920s, after World War I, Germany was in trouble for their role in that war. And so the Treaty of Versailles said that Germany had to pay pay a lot of money to the other nations as a penalty for their role in World War One. So what the German government did is just print those dollars to pay the allies. Uh, they weren't dollars. I guess they were, what were they? Uh, I forget what currency they had um, in Germany at that time. But they just printed up a storm and inflation, hyperinflation happened in a matter of years. Um, it, uh, I'm reading here from the Encyclopedia Britannica talking about this by July of 2022, or sorry, July of tw- 1922. It's funny, this is exactly a century ago. And we're going through this in our own country, not to the extreme that Germany had. I'm, I'm just hoping that this, what happened in Germany is not our future, that we can stop this inflation right now. But but with the bill that's passing this week, we're not seeing that happen. The printing of the money is happening insanely fast. Um, and I'm concerned that we're going to follow these footsteps. But by July of 1922, exactly a century ago, prices had risen some 700% and hyperinflation had arrived. The government had to print million mark notes. Oh, I guess they were called marks. Those were their dollars. Uh, Then billion mark notes. By November 1923, one U.S. dollar was equivalent to a thousand billion or a trillion marks. A wheelbarrow full of money couldn't buy a newspaper. So what this did is the overprinting of money made everything worthless. Now it now all that money had normally before that, if you had a wheelbarrow full of money, you had a lot of money. Now that money couldn't even buy a newspaper. So everyone became poor because their money became worthless. The economy was completely screwed up and that led the way for a total reset of Germany's uh, economy. And amid the chaos of not only that, but then the great depression that followed it allowed government leaders who desired power to step and say, step in and say, I'll fix this mess for you. Just give me a little more power than I deserve. And that's what started to happen. A few different, a few different men who loved power began, began coming into control in Germany and enacting executive orders that were not according, you know, weren't even, constitutional. And before you knew it, you know, according to their, the law in Germany at the time, um, before you knew it, Adolf Hitler was in charge. Uh, the president at the time that Adolf Hitler was, became into power, uh, that president reminded me a lot of President Biden. He was very old in his eighties, um, very senile. He was described as senile by the historians, um, didn't, you know, it didn't seem like he really knew what was going on half the time. All Adolf Hitler had to do is become his right-hand man, schmooze him a little, and um, say, I'm going to fix this mess. And and the president allowed Adolf Hitler to take over, get rid of the president's power, become dictator himself. 
Um, and so we just don't want all that to happen in the United States. Uh, but it's just interesting to look back at Germany's history and how they printed up the storm and what, what that did. Um, it sent the Germans into poverty in the 1920s. And we don't want to do that here in the U.S. The more you print, the more worthless your money becomes. With that being said, I've gone over time today. I've got to run, you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your, mon- rest of your Monday. Oh, let me check your comments quick before I go. I always, you know, forget to shout out super chats, guys. Super chats are so helpful and supportive. I appreciate everyone who sends a super chat. Um, if you are so inclined to, and I will for sure read your super chats on my show. And that helps my independent journalism. You know, if not, that's fine. I'll read some of your uh, other chats as well as I have time. Um, Indeed, the future is the past, you said. Well, I hope not, dude. I hope that we can, you know, correct course here and not go down the path of Nazi Germany. Um, Hey, thanks for the support. Thanks for calling me awesome. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for everyone who tunes in and shares my show and tells people to watch, likes, comments, and subscribes. We'll see you guys.